Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to another episode of Rabbit Ears. This episode has been teased now since April, and I'm finally excited to have this time to chat with my friend Gerald from Two Peas on a Podcast about my so-called life. So Gerald, buddy, what's up? How was your emergency surgery? How's life been since then? Ashley, what is wrong with me where (laughs) I had a chance to come on Rabbit Ears and I'd had to have this freaking surgery. Like, why did I choose that over coming on your show? What was wrong because with me? Because you're a selfish prick and you're yeah, the worst. Yeah, that's got to be the only explanation. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. Well. I mean, first of all, April was halfway cursed anyways. Because, like, somebody who shall not be named because I don't feel like dragging anybody ghosted <laughs> me for April anyways. And so then you were helping me out of a pinch. And then your stupid yeah. like fucking body gave up on you. Like, listen, oh. this is just not meant to happen. I should have told the doctors, you know, because my wife took me to you the ER. You should have fucking recorded it from the goddamn <laughs> like, my hospital. Wife, uh, my wa- I think we were supposed to record like a week later or something like that. My wife took me to the ER. And I should have said, Doc, look, I need to know where I'm going to be in seven days because rabbit ears is coming up let's figure this yeah. out can we postpone the surgery like what can we do here but you're already sitting in the I, hospital you've got nothing to do but binge my so-called life yeah i mean i, I dropped the ball i don't know but to answer your question the surgery went well it was back in april as, as you mentioned so we've got a few months removed from it i just had my 90-day checkup a couple weeks ago and you know nice. everything's fine the gallbladder's out of there it's not there anymore Woo. so my diets had to be altered a little bit but i've kind of adjusted <laughs> to that so Everything's that fine. That sucks. Yeah. I'm know. terrible about stuff like that. Like, I am a toddler and I want what I want when I want it. And if I can't have it, I'm going to fixate on it. Yeah, no, I hear endlessly. that. No, I hear that. You know, I don't know. Do you know anything about the gallbladder? Like, and it's no, pur- purpose I know nothing. or whatever. All right. Well, I won't do a whole thing on it right now, but basically it breaks down like fatty foods. Okay. So, like, all your junk foods and your fast food and like all that. You mean my entire diet? Stuff that's just fucking horrible for you. Right. So if yeah. you so if you don't have a gallbladder to break it down, oh, to make no. a long story short, basically you shit it out immediately. So oh, no. <laughs> you just have diarrhea uncontrollably if you eat too much fat. So I've learned my lesson on a couple meals. Let's just put it that way. In the last few months. Oh my god, that sounds like my personal <laughs> fucking hell. But I've adjusted. I'm fine. It's it's fine. We're uh. fine. Everything's fine. It's good. <laughs> but I am happy to be here, and I'm fucking beyond pumped because as you know i was talking to you online the other night i rewatched this whole show which i don't always get a chance to do when i come on here because you know how many episodes in my life and like blah 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 but your I, so-called life is very busy yeah but i did it i got all 19 episodes in i literally you did just it in a short order too didn't yeah. you watch them all like within like two weeks less than a two-week period yeah, it's like it's like two weeks and i just watched the last episode like two hours ago so i like and i didn't do that on purpose like i was watching a couple here and there when i could and mm-hmm. it and it got down to where i had one episode left and i'm like sweet i'm gonna be able to watch it on the day of recording so it worked Perfect. out yeah but i'm i'm excited to talk about this well in all fairness i watched what was i had six episodes left when <sighs> We decided to pause it. So I watched whatever 13 episodes back in April and then just watched the last six within the last week or so. Mm-hmm. So like some of it, I've read through my notes. I should be pretty clear on. Okay. But like I might need a little little prompting, but it's cool. It's all good. Yeah, we're good. So Gerald, have you watched any shows or anything that you want to talk about or like <coughs> gush about recently? Yeah. I know you're going to hit me with this, and I'm always yes. I'm always such a huge disappointment when I come on your show because I watch nothing but movies. However, that's okay. However, hold on, hold that thought. 
Okay. I did binge watch a new show a few months ago. Uh, it's an HBO show called Made for Love. Have you heard of that? <gasps> I watched that after you told me to watch it. There you go. So yes. I really dug that show. It's got like a sci-fi, like comedic vibe. Ray Romano's in it. Chris Emiliotti. Yeah, I, I dug that show hard. So that's really the only show that I've watched from beginning to end. And then I also put The Queen's Gambit on here because I watched that not too long ago. Nice. And I loved it. But other than that, I'm doing, you know me, I'm doing like 90% movies over here. So, Well, I watch a fair bit of movies too. I actually have... I inadvertently been participating in the countdown scavenger hunt like part two even though i've not even looked at the list but a lot of people are posting like this is what they're watching for the scavenger hunt and i've just recently watched whatever movie that is so like mm -hmm. somehow i'm accidentally participating well, that's cool just but kind of i'm gonna it. say i watched some stuff this just this week that was tv related that i wanted to like take a minute to talk about so like yeah. the first one this documentary on Hulu called The Orange Years, and it's all about like Nickelodeon's heyday and like all of the awesome programming. And like it was awesome because like they had interviews with like Melissa Joan Hart and like Kanan and Kel from all that, and like a whole bunch of people. And like we're talking about like how great it was and what it was like to be in that experience. And then they would like show clips from the episode. So it just like took me back and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. I've heard of that series and actually our buddies over the Epic film guys did like, a, I think an interview with, I don't know if it was the director or I don't know. It was somebody involved in the project. I didn't, I didn't see it yet though. So I haven't listened to that episode, but I've heard a lot about it and I really would like to check it out. It was fun. It was very nostalgic. The first like 20, 30 minutes of the doc, like obviously, talk about like the beginning of years which are kind of boring and slow but then like it starts to pick up with like when they um had their first few animated series which i think were doug ren and stimpy and rugrats nice. and then like they had hey dude salute your shorts clarissa explains it all like snick with the are you afraid of the dark all that shit like that was my jam when i was a kid yeah i love that shit love it i i, I really need to check that out because i'm sure it would dig up so many memories for me but I haven't, oh, I haven't it really it did. I forgot like Mike O'Malley used to host Guts. Like I forgot about Guts entirely. Like there's some good ass shit. We had some excellent programming yeah. growing up as kids. Like it was so freaking phenomenal. I agree. I need to check that out. And then the other thing I went back and watched, I watched some of this at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I think it used to be on Netflix and now I had to watch it on Hulu. But I got a freaking craving for fairy tale theater. It was I don't know if you watched any of that when no. you were growing up. No. Shelley Duvall's fairy tale theater. Like first what? of all, the <laughs> cast list on this fucking show is bananas. It's basically like a PBS janky ass retelling of fairy tales from like your childhood, and they're like hour long things. So like they're pretty well, I guess in detail or whatever we'll say like but there is a an episode that's beauty and the beast that my sister and i watched a million times growing up and fucking beauty is played by susan sarandon angelica houston is one of her sisters what? jeff bridges is in like the rapunzel one this isn't Robin real williams <laughs> this fucking, isn't real i swear to god and wow. it is like some of the early seasons are some of the jankiest cheesiest <laughs> fucking like effects and everything but i lived on this when i was a child watched it a million times and it's like it's one of those like it's so bad it's good and then you look at the fucking like cast of people who came on this show freaking mick jaggers in an episode and it's super problematic because that's like the 
the nightingale and so mcjagger's playing an asian emperor it's fucking yeah <laughs> what yeah wow. it's, and then oh and then james uh edward almost is like his second in command in that episode wow. it's just fucking it's bonkers dude wow if you ever get like a hair up your i hate this term my dad used to say a wild hair up your ass go on youtube and fucking just watch some fairy tale theater on there like okay. it will blow your mind wow it sounds like it my mind's blown right now just hearing you talk about it <laughs> wow just get a chance go on the imdb and it's uh fairy tale is spelled f-a-e-r-i-e oh um, one of, fairy one tale one. theater it's bro okay we'll it's do bananas i'll check it out okay so those and then of course oh i watched um dr death because that was a josh jackson series that came out and of course i heart yeah, him i saw that uh being advertised that's on is that yeah. prime what is that what is that uh, on? it's on peacock oh peacock that's right yeah so I it's saw got that being josh advertised. jackson alec baldwin um christian slater's in it it's it's a little bit of a hard watch there's some really fucking based on a true uh, story i saw yeah. yeah and there's like some surgeries and like some descriptions of like what this man has like done a, to people it's fucking hard is it like a nip tuck type deal did you watch nip tuck back in the day i watched some nip tuck but i didn't pay attention to it enough to oh, like okay. really draw to, any comparison i used to dig that show i don't really remember it but i watched it in its initial run and i don't know if it was kind of like that because some of those like plastic surgery scenes were pretty yeah. hard to watch it's so there's like a a revision surgery in the first episode that Alec Baldwin's doing. And he is, I guess, narrating what it is he's finding. And he's talking about like, there's shards of bone sticking into nerve. This fucking whatever nerve is just flapping around. The bone is in pain. Like it's, it's going into a really hard detail that is like piece by piece. And you're really fucking understanding. Like you're not seeing anything at that point. Sometimes you do, and sometimes there's a hammer that comes out that's like hitting people's bones in surgery. Like it's, yeah, it is not for the faint-hearted. That's where I'll leave that. Okay, interesting. All right, well, but yeah, I have seen that advertised, and I was interested in it, but I don't have Peacock right now, so I'll give you my login, bro, because I'm not going to keep it for very long. I just wanted it to watch that. Oh, and I was watching Straws of Sunset. I binged all like eight seasons of that. Of course you did. Month. Of course you did. <laughs> Because I'm a psycho. Because you're you. Of course you did. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like sometimes I alter space and time with how much TV I watch in addition to like cleaning the house and like doing yard work and working and like hanging out with my sister. I don't know. Yeah. And sleeping. Last weekend, Gerald, I slept in three nights, 32 fucking hours. Wow. Holy shit. Okay. I know. That's disturbing. I was worried about myself. Well, you're fine. You're here with me now. You're I'm good. Fi- yeah, everything's fine. Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a little peek back at like what was going on in 1994, and then we'll get into my so-called life because uh, right. I feel like we've waited long enough to talk about it. And yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no s- doubt. No surgeries doubt. and whatnot. Stupid surgery. Doctor <laughs> Death couldn't have killed you and then made this never happen. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. How dare he not put you out of your misery? Yeah. Amen to that. <laughs> All right, so in 1994, the TV, I did a little Nickelodeon tribute. Uh, it was The Secret World of Alex Mack, All That, All Real Monsters, and then those were the only three Nickelodeon shows. But I wanted to shout out Inside the Actor Studio has been on since fucking 1994, and that's wow. crazy. Wow. That yeah. is that is crazy. Okay, I didn't realize it was been on that long. Wow. I know. It's, it's insane. Was it, on Bra- was it on Bravo the whole time? 
I don't think Bravo existed back in I 1994. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. Well. I think I may. I don't know what it started on. I'm not gonna pretend to be. No, it's okay. I expert. just didn't know if you had it there. But yeah. No, Bravo didn't premiere until like, I think it became its own network like in the early 2000s. Okay, dokie. I think. Anyhow, okay. So the movies. It was a banner year for Jim Carrey, who had Ace Ventura, The Mask, and Dumb and Dumber all that year. Damn right. And then we also motherfucking got Pulp Fiction and True Lies that year. There's the movies are so good this year yeah that was a great year for film i remember that who can fucking jim carrey with all three of those like if he had just i don't know if he quit acting even in 1994 we would still be talking about him to this day <laughs> I, know, I know it's crazy he would literally be living completely high on the hog from just one year <laughs> one year of making movies and he would have actually earned it in my opinion with those three for the yeah, most part no doubt all right, so the music we had "Come to My Window" by Melissa Etheridge. Yeah, Jen, I, I fucking Melissa Etheridge is a banger. I love yeah, her. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gin and Juice by Snoop D O Double G. Damn right. I'll make love to you by Boys to Men. I know you love that. That's one, one of Dan's favorites. He came on and <laughs> uh, he named that on his top five boy band songs. Did he tell you? It's that? a good song. Yeah, no, it's it was, a, used to freak me out though because like my mom slaps. would sing it in the car when it would be on the radio and it would fucking traumatize me because ninety four I was eleven. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had Hannah on that episode with us from Boozy Movies, you know, and uh, she had a great point. She's like, it's so weird, like these like really romantic songs where these dudes are like serenading, you know, their their girlfriends or their wives or whatever. And in the music videos, it's always just like them on like a kitchen counter or like sprawled out <laughs> on a couch, just like singing it. It's just always so awkward, you know, it I'll, is. Can I'll make love Ugh. to you. Wow. OK. Yeah, never, never have your mom sing that next to you ever. Uh, and then the last song was Beck's Loser, which is good one, a dope ass song. Yep. Uh, pop culture. I kept it sports related in honor of the Tokyo Olympics starting. Okay. So we had Tanya Harding stripped of her national title Oof. after the attack on Nancy Kerrigan. Oof. <laughs> O.J. Simpson fleeing the police in the white Bronco after the murder of Nicole Brown and Rod Gold Ron Goldman. Good times. Um. The 1994 baseball season was canceled due to players striking for 232 days. Oh, yeah. And the George Foreman girl was introduced. Boop, boop. Wow. Okay. Well. I know. How about me knowing sports stuff enough to make four things? <laughs> That's right. You did your four bullet points. That was good. Yeah. All right. So My So-Called Life aired mm -hmm. from 1994 to 95 for 19 episodes on ABC, was written and created by Winnie Holtzman. And is rated an 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It follows a 15-year-old girl and her trials and tribulations of being a teenager and dealing with friends, guys, parents, and school. Now, I want to just point out, this is the fucking order that IMDb has for the actors, which is fucking rude. We've got Bess Armstrong, Wilson mm. Cruz, Claire Danes at number three, Devin Gummersall, who is Brian, AJ Langer, Gerald Leto at number six, and then Devin Odessa, Lisa Wilhoyt, and Tom Irwin. If you don't know who any of those actors are, that's totally fucking fine. Just know that Claire Danes was number three on that list. Yeah. And Jared Leto was number six, and you don't know who any of those other fucking people are. Yeah. All right, so Gerald, tell me, what do you love about my so-called life? A fucking lot. <laughs> okay. Um so much like this show was just very prominent in my life when it aired and i graduated high school in 94 
So, you know, I was like junior, senior when this show was on the air and it was one of those shows that I had to watch, you know, because back then you had, you know, three or four channels and you had to like be there when it aired. You couldn't stream it and everything else. So I hated myself if I missed an episode. I had to watch it every week. You know, so really all all that I'm saying right there is really just nostalgia. I mean, that's the main thing, just like where it takes me back to that time in my life because I was heavy into like the grunge movement and like just being really confused at that age as Angela mm-hmm. is in the series too and a lot of the characters in the series are but I love the nostalgia for me now when I look back on it and like I said I just rewatched it I love its kind of like depiction of like 90s teen angst you know I feel like that's very oh, prominent man. throughout the series and it's told kind of from like different perspectives I mean we get Angela at the forefront of pretty much all the stories but you know different main characters on this show they're all kind of projecting that teen angst a little bit and kind of in different ways and then a little bit yeah and then the last thing i was going to say is that i really love the shows looking back on it now like when i watched it 94 i probably didn't even realize this but looking back on it now i really like and commend the shows like willingness to like address hot button issues too you know they touch on like and this is in 93 94 so they touch on like child abuse you know gun violence there's one episode that's dedicated to that like you know, homelessness, homosexuality, like a lot of things that we say in 2021 and we go, okay, yeah, big fucking deal. But I mean, in 94, it kind of was a big deal, especially on primetime TV. So I really respect that part of it too. Okay. Here's, here's where my disclaimer before we started recording comes in. Gerald, this might be the worst fucking show I've ever watched for this podcast. Oh my God. Really? I fucking, I, so like I said, I was 11 when this premiered. So I recall watching okay. when I was like an older teenager, there would be, I think, reruns on MTV. So I'd catch it a little bit then. This was my first real watching of the series. And this show is fucking boring as hell. Oh, Nothing happens. It's okay, because we're going to have fun where I like basically make fun of everything that you love. And then you <laughs> explain to me why I should be less heartless. It's fine. No, it's okay. I, you gotta remember. You gotta remember. I do podcasts with Dan, so this will be nothing. I know this is fucking peanuts compared to that. This show doesn't fucking progress in its nineteen episodes at all. The entire fucking show, she's obsessed with Jordan Catalano. Right. The entire fucking show, Graham's talking about getting this restaurant, and we think maybe he's gonna cheat, maybe he won't. The entire fucking show, Rand's a mess. She tries to get to get together for an episode, fucks that up. Like nobody has any fucking character development whatsoever Mm -hmm. in my opinion well that's fair that's fair it was short-lived too though you know so you have to remember that 19 episodes at 45 minutes each did not feel fucking short-lived to me let me tell you that it Mm -hmm. felt like an eternity i could only watch like one episode a day because i was just like ready to pull my hair out oh well but there were some things that i liked about the show okay so um the two there was two different pairings or friendships that they kind of started to like flesh out but then didn't do as much as i would have liked to have seen so like the first one was sharon and rayanne when they started to kind of click i liked that that was an interesting dynamic same thing with brian and jordan when they started to like click and become friendish at the end yeah that was a fun dynamic um and then the handful of times that angela comes out of her melodramatic haze to say something meaningful and insightful like there's, I think, one time where Jordan's trying to make out with her in the car, and she, like, sees through his bullshit and, like, shuts him down for a minute. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, all finally. Right. You fucking got your head on your shoulders. Let's keep this rolling. And then all of a sudden, she's back to fucking obsessiveness and self-indulgence, and it makes me want to punch her. Well, one thing I will say that kind of, like, proves your point a little bit is that I do feel like this show, unfortunately, is, like, 
to be locked into it, you had to be of that age, really, when the show was taking place, I think. So, in other words, like, if I showed my daughter this now, for example, she would probably be on your side where she's like, this is fucking horrible. Like, what is this? This is stupid. You know what I mean? But if you were around and in high school in the, like, early to mid-90s, I feel like the show would connect with you on a, a little bit deeper level, which obviously it did with me. It would give me a, more of a nostalgia bonus. Yeah. But like on the merits of its own as a show, this has a lot of room for growth and development and its storylines and its characters that I felt like did not. And there was way too many fucking characters that I did not like. Like I have three people on my kill for Mary Bank Hill. Oh, wow. Okay. I can't wait to hear who so they, like, they are. There are some people like, we're just going to skip to characters I didn't like. So Patty, the mom. Oh, I hate her. Maybe she is obviously like a trumped up version, but very much reminded me of some of the characteristics of my mom that would make me insane and cause me to pop off on her at Uh the slightest fucking beginning of any of these things. Like she was just so controlling, so overbearing, so fucking stick in the mud. She's such... Patty Chase was, I have her listed as my least favorite character. She, the thing, I agree with everything you just said, but the reason why she's my least favorite character is because I felt like the writers and even the actress that portrayed her, like, really leaned hard into, like, the 90s, like, homemaker, like, the housewife, like, mom, you know, like, it was really, like, overdone and heavy-handed, I felt like. Like, they even gave her that haircut after this. That fucking haircut. And I'm just like, okay, we get it that you're a suburban mom. Like, you know, it was just really, it was just too heavy-handed, in my opinion, you know? And she was always so buttoned up and so, I guess, (sighs) condescending towards how everybody was choosing to make choices in their lives or everybody's things. Like, she was just such a fucking asshat yeah i didn't like that's not the word i want to use but the word i want to use well i i fucking say cunt all the time she was a fucking cunt dude wow there you go there it is okay there it is (laughs) you're welcome aussie listeners bingo card dang (laughs) (laughs) all right so who else do you dislike um i mean i had patty chains as far and away number one i also was a little annoyed by rayanne too yes that's my number two you know just her just kind of like meandering through like you said the whole 19 episodes of really never like changing or there was like one episode where she was like sober and was like different but aside from that she's just kind of like i don't know she's doing this thing where she wants to be like the coolest kid in school and is like kind of trying too hard to do that because she thinks it's cool to like drink and like you know do your hair different and like you know just I don't know. I felt like she was trying too hard to be different. And it kind of got to a point where, because I was on Angela's side for this whole show in my initial watch and on this watch. So it was just kind of annoying because I'm just kind of like, almost like she's not good enough for Angela in a weird way, which I know is weird to say, but I I don't know. I just didn't like her character kind of bringing Angela down, if that makes sense. She was always fucking shit up and making everybody's life harder. And she would do stuff like one thing that springs to mind is like in one of the later episodes was like she had just fucking slept with Jordan Catalano and betrayed her best friend that she thinks is the shit. And then she breaks into Angela's house during a sleepover and handcuffs herself to her parents' bed. Like just 
Do you have no respect for people's boundaries or their feelings? It's just because you need this to be resolved. You're going to put yourself in the middle of yep. like their life and make them deal with you and all of your fucking antics. Like that's just. And Angela actually <sighs> says that to her. She has like a diatribe where she kind of like snaps at her when they get her, you know, um, uncuffed from the bed or whatever. And she's getting ready to leave. And Angela yeah. just like flips out on her. She's like, this isn't about you. Like you think you could just come in here and like, you know. Make a huge mess, and then blah, everybody blah, blah. else is supposed to fucking clean it which, up. Which like, is clean which up is your a, mess. yeah, which is an analogy for her presence in the whole show, really, because you know she never did anything that wasn't somewhat disruptive to Angela's kind of like daily routine. You know, disruptive and completely self-serving. Like yeah. she'll say stuff about what a great friend Angela is and how she's so sad to have lost her, but then does nothing to actually show any appreciation for the people in her life that are trying with her. I was waiting in those last few episodes after that, you know, backstabbing thing with Jordan happened. And I was, I don't think she ever apologized to Angela even. No. Yeah. So she didn't. Yeah. Nothing. So she'd be my number two. And then the only other one I have listed here is Jordan Catalano. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I like Jared Leto as an actor and I know this is where he started, but I don't know this show. I just, the whole, like, absent-minded like hunk or whatever you want to whatever phrase you want to use there like the kind of like rebel good-looking dude that you know doesn't have a brain you know kind of like wandering the halls and just like it was a it was cute for like a few episodes but it like just got old really fast like he you know i would have really liked to have seen jordan um have an arc over all these other characters and he just never did like he was just always kind of like wandering the halls handsome and it's like okay i guess that's his character you know I will say, like, he's not on my list because they did a couple of little things with his character that actually made me feel bad for him. And so I appreciated that there was at least some kind of explanation or understanding of his character and why he would be behaving in the way that he has that has been so annoying. Uh So, like, I like that he didn't know how to read. Like that he had this learning disability, then he was trying to get tutoring for it. Like I liked seeing his character make some progress. I feel like he's the only character actually that did make any progress throughout the series. Well, I mean, I would argue with Maybe. that. A, I would argue with that a little bit because under my favorite, argue with it. I want to hear it. Well, not argue, but you know what I mean. Under under my favorite characters, I have Ricky, and I feel like he had a pretty yes, a pretty stiff arc. You know what I mean? Like I feel like he kind of like finally. I don't know. I don't know if like found happiness is the right way to put it, but he, you know, in the last found acceptance for himself. Yeah. Yeah. And he was also in a much better place. I mean, I know he was living with that teacher, which is not ideal, obviously, for a, <laughs> for, for a high school kid. But based on, you know, what we knew about he him being abused options. and whatever. Yeah. But also, I mean, even in the last episode, like he, you know, he tells that girl that he's gay and he's like, you know, this is the first time I've actually ever said it out loud, you know, and that's, that was a beautiful moment. Yeah. And that was symbolic to him kind of finally coming to terms w- with himself, but also with like everybody around him. Like, yeah, this is who I am. Like, you know, let me just go and ahead and say it. He was it. talking about like, cause he found out the girl that had a crush on Brian PS. Brian's my third least favorite character. Oh, I love Brian. We're going to oh, go. Fuck. We're going to go. We're going to go. I love crack. Okay, let's out, go dude. real quick. Tell me. <laughs> I love no, no, crack. I'm going to tell you why this motherfucker sucks because sure. a, he's fucking pervy. B, he has no fucking spine, doesn't try to do anything to fucking develop to where he would be somebody that he, I don't know. I'm I'm not saying this right. He's just a fucking pussy that creeps well, on true. girls. That's and true. And is so fucking like, he's he has this superiority fucking complex that seems to come into play when he's like, he can't get somebody to, I don't know, like him. He kind of like, I feel like he 
puts them down either in his own mind or in some other way in order to like make himself feel okay with the fact that he's not being accepted. Like, I don't know. There's some shit that triggered me with Brian. That's cool. I, you know, the thing with Brian, <laughs> the, the, that's fine. That's all. Hey, that's cool. Fair, <laughs> hey, fair points. Uh, the thing with Brian for me and why I like his character is I, I, I think he, I see. And I remember this from when I saw it initially too. I think he is like the tortured kind of like, dude who is obviously in love with angela right but he Mm -hmm. just doesn't have the ability to you know make that known to her he doesn't have the whatever's missing in his mind from like a romantic standpoint he just can't do it the confidence is is obviously a big part of it too and then he's obviously like super smart right like he's like probably the smartest kid in school you know and they kind of like push that narrative a little bit too so he does kind of suffer from like, well, I'm the dork, you know, everybody just thinks I'm the smart guy that's going to help them with their homework or whatever. Nobody, you know, wants to make out with me or whatever. So I just, I kind of felt for him in that respect, but. Okay. Time did, out then. Yeah. That bitch that then developed a crush on Ricky had a crush on Brian and right. how did he treat her? Like shit. That's right. Because of his infatuation with Angela. So. Here's I know I don't want to skip ahead too far, but no, skip whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. But this is going to prove my point to when we get to later because that's why I hate how this series ended because I feel like had this been able to be explored a little bit better, I feel like Brian would have been a huge part of like the second season if we got one because he was finally kind of starting to get you know quote unquote closer to Angela a little bit and. You know, when he broke, what's her name? Delia, right? I think her name was Delia. Mm-hmm, yeah. So when he, uh, you know, broke Delia's heart and he did that because he saw just a little semblance of having time to spend with Angela. So his story, if we're looking at it through his lens, right? His story is nothing but Angela. Like he's literally infatuated. Everything he does is like for her, right? And even mm-hmm. when even when he's helping Jordan towards the end of the series, win her back i mean he's writing that letter to her from him do you know what i'm saying so i kind of give him a pass a little bit if we if we go on what the show is pushing to us which is that brian is constantly trying to get to angela you know through whatever means that is i i don't know i I just kind of feel for him in that way so i connected to him back then and i kind of connect to him now now you're absolutely 100 percent right that he's a pussy (laughs) no question No question. He's a, he's a shy, timid. He's a condescending punk. pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Who I mean, seems you know. to take out his insecurity issues on other people. But I do like, I mean, let me ask you. Um, I don't know. I kind of like how he'll put Angela in her place, though, when he'll just be like, you know, I can't think of what episodes or whatever, but he'll just be like, you know, the whole world doesn't revolve around you or whatever. <laughs> you know, like that, somebody that needed to, to tell this chick that, by the way. Like, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I love how he's, he seems like he loves her so much, like kind of secretly, not to us, obviously, but you know, secretly to, him, to everyone else on the show. But he'll just tell her right up front, like, you're basically, you know, being a, a conceited bitch right now, you know, in so many words. So I kind of like how he would give it to her then, too. But Well, I mean, the only reason Angela's not on my people that I hated the most list is because of those few times that she said something that was mature and fucking... I guess on point or on the nose with what needed to be said and what that character opposite her really needed to hear. Like that moment with Rand where she's telling her that she's 
needs to stay back and clean up her own messes or when she's like not willing to sleep with Jordan because he's pressuring her to have sex, like shit right. like that. I'm like, okay, right. you've earned back some, some points and some credit. I'm not going to put you on the characters I hated list, but you're fucking teetering. Yeah. No, she's I get it. so, so self-absorbed. I get it. I mean, she's, she's third on my favorite characters she's 15, list. She's though. I mean, damn. She's third on my favorite characters list, but I got to be honest with you as Claire Danes. <laughs> And I I love her, you know what I mean? So I'm just like, how do I, I mean, I can't put Claire Danes on a least character list, you know? So she's getting a fucking Dakota Johnson style bump. More or less. But I mean, if you, if you really think about it from an acting perspective though, I mean, Claire Danes really nailed this, right? I mean, she really like made me believe like this is a 15 year old self-absorbed teen angst you know, like confused teenager. Like I really felt that, you know, and I thought she did an amazing job in this role. You know, whether you like the character or not, I recognize that the acting was top tier in my opinion. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I will say that in terms of realisticness, the show does nail the fact that teenagers are very much thinking that what's happening to them is the most important thing in the world. And Mm -hmm. like, it takes a long time to, you know, look outside of yourself as to what the world actually is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we said Ricky, we mentioned him briefly with favorite characters. I want to go back to him because he's not my number one favorite character. Same here. Yeah. Above all, he's just such a good fucking person. Yeah. I, I, I love his character. You know, I didn't like the, and this actually goes to your point that you made at the top. I didn't like the meandering development of his character because I felt like in the first, like, if I had to guess seven or eight episodes, I mean, I'm not even kidding. He was just kind of like there, <laughs> you know, yes. he was just kind of like a friend of theirs that was just kind of like there to give a little comic relief or like give some like sound advice to one of the girls or like whatever. But he never was like a character that we were supposed to necessarily connect to or care about his like development until you get into the second half of the series. So I wish they had jumped on, you know, him a little bit sooner because I really anytime he showed up, I, I loved it. Like I thought he was great. Wilson Cruz. He's one of the people on this show that I would actually want to be around if that character actually existed. The rest of them, I would not give a fucking exactly any ounce of attention to. But Ricky, quality individual. Yeah, and he was so much wiser than everybody else yes. in, in his age group too. I mean, there was a reason why. You know, I know this is the writing or whatever, but I feel like there's a reason why the writers made you know certain teachers connect to Ricky. You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like he was more mature and he was wiser and he wasn't as childish as like, you know, he was always trying to like save Rayanne and like, you know, talk her down from the ledge and get her to not drink. And like, you know, he was doing all those things that were kind of like beyond his years, I felt like, you know? Yes. I feel like he was forced to grow up kind of early considering whatever his home life situation is because he was like living at his aunt and uncles, but that's not really explained. So he's been through some stuff that has kind of opened his eyes to like what some actual issues are and put some perspective on his life Mm -hmm. i agree so like that was uh, he was a necessary character and like without him i feel like the show would have been super fucked yeah it would have been a lot worse i mean he, he i mean you and i agree obviously but he was my favorite character so who else do you like well uh let me go back to my list because he's my favorite by a mile i got brian but i know you don't like him but he would be my number two and then I would probably say Angela, just like I said, because it's Claire Danes and because I feel like she just nailed that. Like she was exactly what I picture 
a 15 or 16 year old girl in 1994 would be like <laughs> that was like self-absorbed and on the on the brink of like you know losing your virginity and like all this different stuff that she was going through At 15, i feel like she nailed that's- it Fifteen's yeah. way too. I, I mean, I know that I now have several years on teenagers, but like I look back and I like it freaks me out to think at eighteen years old we're just calling people adults and letting them go off and I like know. it's eighteen's too young, man. You're not an adult. I know. I um the only other person I had listed here, which I guess would be my number four, was Graham, the dad. Yes, Graham's on my list. I like him too. They did some weird things with his character, like in the first couple episodes. Like, there's one part where Angela's walking to her room from the bathroom in a towel, and he's like really fucking weird about it and tells Patty to tell her not to do that anymore. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, can I ask you something real quick? Because I was asking my yeah. wife this tonight when we were watching the episode 19, but like in the pilot, didn't they have a scene where Angela like saw him arguing with a random girl? He was like getting out of the car with some chick, or like he was right. like yes, there was like some insinuant or some then, insinuation or innuendo that there was like some kind of like improper relationship. And they never like revisit it. Yeah, and no. then the phone call, and Angela had that like inner monologue where she was talking about how she wished something bad would happen to him because he's you know hurting her mom and stuff. And I'm like, okay, he's going to end up being in an extramarital affair or whatever. That's and what then, I thought. And then they we, never did. And then we left. never see it. And then they kind of hint at it again with the girl with the restaurant, um, Heidi or whatever the hell her name was. Hallie Lowenthal. Hallie. Hallie. Um, and then that never comes to fruition either, which I was glad because I like his character, you know. But yeah, I, but I was you, waiting for the other shoe to drop with him and it never did. But you can tell, right, that if – now I'm going super hypothetical here because we never found out. But you can tell the way they left that I think he probably would have ended up cheating, right? It feels like it, especially, I mean, I hate to place fucking blame on Patty in this situation, but I mean, she's a fucking chore. (laughs) I mean, easily. But I mean, they were really close in that last episode with Hallie and then like, and I didn't really like Hallie either. Patty was always acting suspect about Hallie too. Like she was trying to play it cool, but like her playing it cool is really not that fucking cool. It's just making herself more miserable and then therefore making her you know take out her frustrations on the people around her and then her buddy constance you know um sharon's mom was like uh you know if if two quote-unquote friends are like arguing intensely then there's like passion there or whatever she said that in one of the episodes and then the writers like leaned into that heavy because they kept showing him and hallie like arguing with each other like having these like fights about the restaurant and stuff almost as if they were a married couple so i feel like it would have happened if we'd got another season I feel like I kind of almost wanted it to happen just so there could be some fucking sh- some shit going on in the show that wasn't just teenagers obsessing about stupid fucking teenage things that never actually matter. Like Dan and Caleb always say high school does not matter. And this show kind of reminds me of why high school. Right. And I think that I think that they're right and you're right. But I think if you watch this school or if you watch this show while you were in high school. Yes. Then that may have had a, a, a bigger impact on you because it did me. So, I mean, I'm obviously speculating, but I mean, I enjoyed it because I saw it when I was in high school, you know? Okay. So my other favorite character is kind of off the beaten path, but it's uh, Angela's little sister, Danielle. I love her. I thought she gave the show the few co- like kind of comedic moments. Like there's really not any levity in this show whatsoever. It's all just like heavy conversations and like angst and melodrama so it's like it's a lot but you'll get like moments where 
um, Danielle for Halloween dresses up as Angela, which is fucking hilarious. I got that as one of my favorite moments. Love that. <laughs> yeah. Or like when she's trying to, it's like she's getting all excited about getting to hang out with Angela and Ricky and like try on lipstick. Like you get a couple of um, yeah. moments in one episode where it's told from her perspective, which I really found those enjoyable too. Yeah, I agree. I, I love her. I didn't have her on my list here, but I do love her character. And it's so rare that like a young child actress like that can pull it off too. You know, she did yeah. really, she did really good. I felt like. Let me. And she uh, crushed it. Okay, so what are I only have one running gag listed because I didn't really see any other ones but i'm gonna ask you what are your what's your favorite running gag or gags and see if we have the same one i've got a couple and it's i got an anecdote because like i said i was watching that episode with my wife just a little while ago and she was like she was like is he calling is he calling him brain and i'm like yeah so i love how jordan continues to call brian brain throughout like the last like four or five episodes because he mispronounced it and he was angel was like no it's brian and he was like oh okay but then he just keeps calling him brain for the rest but of the series but it's a perfect nickname it I really actually, is i remembered that coming up way earlier like from or i guess i thought it happened way earlier and when i watched it it didn't happen to like one of the last episodes like why do i just remember him being called brain the whole time yeah and then the only other one i listed was how they constantly mentioned tino which is a character that, one which is a character that we never saw but he was mentioned i think in almost every episode yeah he's always like a MacGuffin. like tino made this and this and that happen so now we need a lead singer for the frozen embryos tino did this and this and that like yeah yeah, that I love was that my one. running gag that I liked. Well, um, what? Go ahead. No, I was going to say as far as did you were you going to ask me what my favorite episode was? Because I, I, I was going to say favorite ma moments and episodes, story arcs, whatevs. OK, cool. Well, I wanted to say I wanted to make sure I pointed out episode 11, which is Life of Brian, which I know you're going to love. But that's my favorite episode. And actually, I didn't know this. But as I was reading about the episode tonight before I came on your show, Mm -hmm. TV Guide named this as number 37 as one of the greatest dramatic episodes of 100 greatest episodes in TV history, which made me feel really? a little made me feel a little bit better that I that I picked it. But I love that episode so much because, well, I mean, I guess it helps that I like Krakow, right? Like I like his character and he's the narrator mm -hmm. for this episode as opposed to Angela. So. All the other episodes, we get Angela narrating and getting her inner monologue. But on this one episode, it's Brian, who's the guy that's been pining for her and kind of almost like her alter ego in a way. Like, he's so different than mm -hmm. Angela, and it's just a different perspective than we've been getting through the narration. But there's a really cool ending sequence when Ricky and, um, oh, what's her name? The, the girl that Brian broke her heart at the dance. Delia. Uh, Delia, when Ricky and Delia end up dancing together to What is Love. I love that ending scene. Do you remember that at the dance? No. Yeah, it's uh, What is Love, you know, from Night at the Roxbury. What is Love? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, that song will always be Night at the Roxbury. Today. Yeah, same here. But they have an awesome, like, dance number to that at the very end of the episode. That's how the episode goes out. But I also love this episode, too, because of the juxtaposition involved of getting the narration through Brian's point of view. And there's, like... But we so we get to see Angela without her telling us what she's thinking. Mm -hmm. Does that make does that make sense? Yeah, you see Angela from a different perspective, and it right is, we don't yeah we don't get her like explaining herself to us like she does in the other episodes. We just witness whatever she's doing. And there's one sequence in particular that I love that I think like speaks volumes to her character on the show, and it happens in this episode. But she obviously is infatuated with Jordan, right? 
She mm-hmm. has a, she has a crush on him. They're kind of in the middle of their hot and heavy stage when this episode happens, like making out in the boiler room and all that shit. And there's one thing where she's trying to get him to ask her to dance. And Jordan has this monologue where he's like talking to Angela and he's like, well, I don't like to make plans. I just, if I feel like going somewhere, I just go there and like the spontaneity exists and like maybe something cool will happen. But if I plan it and everybody knows I'm coming and then something happens, it's not as cool, right? There's something, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? But that's yeah, kind of yeah, what, yeah. what he says. It's douchebaggery. Yeah. And then uh, Angela's like, wow, that is actually the most profound thing you've ever said to me or something <laughs> like that, right? And then cut ahead. And remember, Brian's our narrator through the whole thing. So then cut ahead to the end of this movie and her and Brian are on the bleachers at the dance. And he says like almost the same thing about like not wanting to go to the dance. Like he didn't want to plan it. Like, I just, I don't like to plan stuff. I just like for stuff to happen or something like that. It was like literally like a different, it was like just the same thing that Jordan had said, but just kind of phrased differently. And Angela's also the one that's being told this by Brian Krakow. And she's just like, Brian, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) And it's like the same thing that Jordan said that she thought was so profound. So my point is, is that as the viewer, we get to see just kind of how surface level and like self-absorbed she is. I was seeing that anyways, but yes. But but you know what I mean? Without the (laughs) interference of her, like, kind of telling us what she's doing or whatever. justifying and explaining away whatever fucking stupid thing she's doing. Yeah, but I was just looking it up. But in 1997, TV Guide ranked it as the number 37, or as number 37 on this list of 100 greatest TV episodes. So there you go. And it happens to be my favorite. That one came out in 1997. That wouldn't make the list today for sure. Yeah, I doubt it. (laughs) <laughs> all right what are do you have any other favorite moments or episodes that you want to talk about yeah i mean you mentioned danielle dressing up as angela but that was absolute pure gold i mean she it was, was so like good. impersonating her it was just so like you know it was just awesome so angsty uh, she was like leaning and sighing and just like couldn't be bothered everything was just so like troublesome or like such a hassle for her yeah yeah it was, it the was best. fucking great it was that was my favorite moment for sure I liked in the Halloween episode getting to see like the other 1994 costumes, like because I think there was trick or treaters or something, and like there was like Power Rangers and Bill Clinton and something else. It was just a fucking trip. Time capsule for sure. Exactly. And I liked I liked Angela's costume too, like the 50s librarian or whatever. Eh, that was fine. I I do not get down, and like one of the things that bothered me was that in 19 <clears throat> episodes we had two different fucking ghosts come and de- yeah there like, was some play. weird thing there were some weird things done and then they had the whole dream sequence in the last episode i mean it was that like was weird it was experimental Patty, but, like making out with her biker boyfriend but like oh, it's but so as her weird. present day self yeah, yeah i was like uh, i don't need this yeah like, yeah it was weird for sure there was a lot of weird things done like camera work and shit also by the way i hated the four to three ratio on this drove me fucking oh, crazy yeah. yeah we need a restoration Dan hated that this show takes place in Pittsburgh. He said it's embarrassing to his home city. Yeah, he's Dan, though, so. (laughs) Dan's the worst. Okay, um, there was a part, and maybe this was only funny because it was one of the times that Dan was in the room and he was just watching the shit show unfold. So we get a point in the episode where Ricky's a homeless teen and he's left the chases and Mr. Kamitsky, his English teacher, like comes to the house and is basically like he's given up cap coffee for New Year's and so he's like really on edge and kind of right. 
being a lot. But anyways, they answer the door and he's like jumping down their throats about how they could let this kid leave and didn't they care or anything. And the whole time, Patty is trying to fucking squeak out a tear, but this actress can't do it. And Graham is just like leaning in like, who are you? Yeah, no, and he I love just, that. <laughs> Oh my god! I fucking I cracked up. Yeah, and then there's another, and then like a little few seconds pass by, and they're like yelling at each other, and he's like, "No, seriously, who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> like Graham just like doesn't know what to do. You know, he's so fucking lost. His wife sitting here quote, yeah. crying, and this like random dude's on the fucking acting like a damn crackhead, just screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. That was great. That was good. Um, there was oh when Rand chained herself to the bed and everybody was like trying to keep Mrs. What's her name? Sharon's mom, Mrs. Chersky from coming in the room and like Rand pretends that she fainted and they're all like catching on and Sharon like gets like wind of what's happening and like plays along. Oh, you must have had whatever was going around school. Like all of them kind of coming together and trying to solve the problem. I liked it was like the one time we had all of our main team characters yeah, plus that's Danielle true. That's true. doing work together. And it was interesting to see those dynamics kind of like playing off of each that's other. That's true. And then we get that final when they come home and they're all on the bed acting like they're watching TV in there and all the main characters are on the bed together. That's kind of yes. cool. Yeah. Oh, and then there was fucking there was one part while Rain was chained to the bed i think kyle and his friend which are sharon's boyfriend or whatever yeah, comes yeah, over, yeah, yeah. and like brian's trying to get ran out of the handcuffs she's like no don't it's too big and like the guy <laughs> opens the door and just sees them on the bed and opens it wider and sees like angela danielle and ricky just sitting in the chair watching brian and ran on the bed yeah like, that was great and then he tells his buddy, like, uh, Rhea and Graf is chained to the bed and everybody's in there watching her crack out. <laughs> and then they just hear him talking about how too big the key is, you know? Yes. Yeah, it's good stuff. That was, those are my, and like, I guess most of my favorite moments have to do with levity and some comedy. Cause like I said, there's not a lot of it in the show. In fact, that yeah, might be uh, all I mean, the I don't, moments. I don't know if you'll agree with me or not, but you know, I do. I think that you make fair points when you when it comes to your criticism of the show, but I don't know if you'll agree with me that I feel like it was getting stronger as it was going on. Like I felt like the last episode, if you take out all that weird dream sequence bullshit, was like a really intriguing like character study into what was ultimately I think going to be some kind of a like love triangle for Angela because well, that's felt, what they were definitely setting up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then not only that, but if you are invested in the parental um, story then you obviously have Graham basically on the cusp of cheating. So we got to imagine that's going to come up again, yeah. uh, especially since we know the restaurant's going forward. So I feel like the writing was starting to kind of find itself and then it just ended. So I don't know if you agree with me there or not, but I feel like, you know, the last like three or four episodes were probably the strongest in terms of the writing. Yes. I feel like. I can agree with that. And like part of it might be that I watched only six episodes in the last few months. So like I came back to it fresh and not so annoyed with the previous episodes. <clears throat> yeah. So like it was, it wasn't as bad, but then like there were some episodes that were fucking not good. Like I think one of the last episodes is the Christmas episode and that's a terrible fucking episode. Oh, I hated that one too. That was, uh... and then there's the episode when the parents go that same episode, with the handcuff stuff, like the stuff with the kids is funny and cool. Well, overstatement, whatever. But you've got the fucking mom and dad, Patty and Graham away on a ski trip with the Uncle Neil and his new girlfriend. And Patty is just fucking unbearable on this yeah, trip. It's like, the worst. It's the worst. Patty is 
atrocious. Like, all of it is just so bad. Yeah. She's so mean to the fucking new girlfriend. But, like, when the uncle brings the new girlfriend to the house, uh, Graham and Neil go, like, oh, we got to go do something. And then she just fucking leaves this chick standing in her, like, op- like her foyer, foyer. or whatever. Yeah. Just leaves her all alone. And then, like, gets condescending because I'm pretty sure when those guys went for their liquor run or whatever, they definitely smoked those doobies that that girl had because they came back baked as fuck. Yeah, no doubt. I love how, that. How is drunk Patty worse than sober Patty? That feels weird. <sighs> they messed that up. It's a different kind of worse, but it's worse. I mean, yeah. it's di- I don't know if it's worse, but it's definitely different. Yeah, I had the Christmas episode as my least favorite, along with an episode called Pressure, which was the one where Jordan was like basically like trying to force Angela to have sex with him and took her to like that weird crack house place or whatever. Like what the where all the kids were like making out in the corners of the house and shit. I don't know. That was a really weird episode that felt super awkward and like uh, yeah. inappropriate, especially looking back on it now, you know? Oh, for sure. You mentioned that like they dealt with hot button topics. I will counter that and say that this felt like very, I know it was very 90s and even mm-hmm. 80s to do like those very special episodes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. there was a lot of very special episodiness, like with teen homelessness and fucking. Uh, there was a gun that went off at school and somehow like classes kept going at school for the day. Right. It was a little preachy. I, I, I get that. I, I agree with that. I think the one arc that I did appreciate was the, the homosexuality piece for Ricky's story. I felt like that they kind of like played on that ambiguity throughout the series and then they finally had the balls to be like, okay, like let's do what we're doing here. You know what I mean? This This guy's gay. Like let's tell his story. And that's why I say the writing kind of started to improve as we got towards the end of the uh, of the series. But with the other stuff, you're right. It was kind of like those one-off episodes. And the, even the homelessness stuff, like with Ricky, I don't know. It was it was tough for me watching it because I was like, Ricky, just stay with the chases. Like, yeah. they're letting you stay there. Like, I get your pride and the whole thing. But, like, it's almost like that was written in there just so he could be homeless. Do you know what I'm saying? 100%. Because he had support. He could have, if being at the chases made him feel more isolated, more lonely, go fucking stay with Rayanne. Yeah. Go stay with Brian. That's what I'm saying. He could have have stayed somewhere aside from the street, is what I'm saying. So I felt like that was a little forced. I mean, I, I like that they're shining a light on it, but I felt like it was a little forced that it was a character that. If you were invested in this show, you knew, like, oh, well, he could just stay at the chases. Like, what the fuck? Why is he. What's happening? Why is he homeless if he doesn't need we to be? We just need yeah. him to be so we can have this other stuff happen. So that's right. why it's happening. Right. Yeah. Um, What would you do differently or change about the show? Uh, Well, obviously keep it going, <laughs> which I know you wouldn't do. But mm-hmm. I mean, I want to see what the fuck happens, man. It drives me crazy. Uh, maybe I need to look up some fan fiction. I don't know. But the, <laughs> uh, as far as the 19 episodes that we got, I would have liked for Brian to have won at some point. Like, I would have liked for him to have gotten a kiss with Angela or like, we kind of get a little glimmer in the last episode where she's like, at least like kind of adoring him lovingly, knowing that he wrote that letter. And Having that, some appreciation for yeah, him. Yeah. And then even when she drives off with Jordan, she's kind of looking at him like, I'm going to be thinking about you, you know. Uh, yeah, he got in there. As I'm driving off here. But he was kind of in her mind based on the letter that he wrote. But aside from that, he gets no comeuppance in the show. And I, I mean, I know you don't like his character. I do, though. I feel well, like, maybe I I feel like he's underdog. Yeah. I just feel like he's a constant underdog that's like 
just clawing to kind of have relevance, which I mean, maybe I connect to it because that's kind of how I felt in high school. Like I was kind mm-hmm. of a dork and like, I mean, I had my group of friends, but you know, I just never excelled to the level that I wanted to in high school and high school sucks, you know? So yeah. if you, high schools, if you can connect to the underdog, then, you know, I, that's what I did with Brian, but I wish he would have just gotten like one kiss with Angela, you know? Which I imagine would have probably happened in season two as well, based on what we saw in the last episode. But I feel like if the show had gotten a season two, season two would be much stronger than the first season. Because like I know that in the first season of a show, there's a lot of setting up they have to do. Yeah, they have to like kind of like build tension in places. So that there's payoff. Like there's I get it, but like it, they also could have done a lot more in the first season if they hadn't dragged their feet so much. Yeah, I agree with that. Of course you do. It's the right thing to say. And I'm a genius. There you oh, go. Bef- I did want- forget to mention, I was so fucking annoyed with the level of shock and awe that was surrounding this fucking pair of handcuffs. Like when whatever her name, Mrs. Chersky was like, and you can use it the gram. She was like so scandalized. It was such a big I deal. Know. Like to get the handcuffs out of there before the kids see it. I was going to bring uh, handcuffs. Like, no. bitch, you are so fucking vanilla. But it was ABC in 94. I mean, sure. you know, it would probably be the equivalent of a dildo or something on HBO, you know? <laughs> Double-ended dildo, her and Graham go butt to butt. <laughs> there you go, yeah. If you're on HBO, you could do that, you know? Now that's fucking scandalous. Yeah. That's when you give share, whatever her name, Chersky, I forget her first name, a look of shock and awe. Yeah. If she hands you a fucking... 14 inch around dildo then you should now that's a series that gets renewed you know what i mean (laughs) okay so things i would have changed about the show obviously i felt like it needed a little more um comic relief it needed something to balance out all of the heaviness of the show because this show like just it's like the guy that does this is us and it just tries to deliver dick kick after dick kick emotionally yeah throughout the fucking show and that's it's just one note it doesn't have you know, you don't ride a roller coaster on this show. You just kind of like plateau and like coast. Yeah. I needed more shit happening. Um, and then also like more development. What did I, this is exactly what I wrote. So I'm just going to read it and hope that I didn't type stupidly. The pacing of the series is painfully slow to non-existent. Feels like we're retreading a lot of ground repeatedly. Angela needs to have moved on from Jordan already. She's still dreaming about him repeatedly in the last episode. In fact, the show fails to progress much at all. Graham is still talking about the restaurant. Would have liked to see more development with Brian and Jordan's friendship. Uh, Jordan's ID, I guess. Oh, LD, learning disability. Or Hallie Lowenthal or even Danielle. There's a lot of like shit they could have explored that would have yeah. been more interesting than just spending hours on yeah, I think the we select field. I think we would have gotten a lot of that in the next season. I, I would hope. I, I could tell the writing was getting stronger as it went on. So I think a lot of the stuff that you just mentioned would probably come to fruition in another season or another couple seasons, but we didn't get there. Um, we'll never know. We'll never know. But yeah, no, I hear your criticism and it makes sense. You're so nice. Don't be nice. Yeah, no. I mean, I gave you my opinion. I mean, I love the <laughs> show. Kidding. You're but fine. I, but I, you know, Dan was breaking my balls about the show the other day too on Twitter, and I, you know, oh, he told me. I, I firmly believe you. You guys are not wrong. Okay, I firmly believe that if you were of a certain age when this show was on, it will mean something more to you. You know, and that's the that's the case that I'm in because, like I said, I was in high school when this show came out, so. It just means something different to me, and it's really nostalgia is the reason. That There's got to be a significant nostalgia bonus, and I do not detract, because I give a lot of things nostalgia bonuses, especially like 
things that I watched watching that fucking fairy tale theater. That shit is not good, but I watched it a million times as a kid and it just like holds a special place in my heart. Yeah. Same here. So it's just there. Yeah, I, I mean, I really appreciate you. Um, I mean, I'm sorry you didn't like it more, but I really appreciate you asking me to do it because it was a blast to rewatch it because I had not seen it since the mid nineties. So it well, was, damn. it was crazy to revisit it and just think of where like Claire Danes and Jared Leto went and their careers and, to see all the like 90s callbacks, you know, that were present day at the time. But to see them now was really cool. I mean, the dressing on this was like pure grunge. I mean, oh, yeah. Angela was always in a flannel with some coveralls or something. It was like just it was just basically my high school, you know, on the show, which kind of plays with the nostalgia piece, too. Dude, I I will give you that. I was watching the first couple episodes and obviously I give any show some leeway in the first few episodes. And I was definitely like relating to some stuff and i was remembering what it was like when i watched it the first time and like it brings back sense memories from like your life at that time and it doesn't even need to directly be about the show but it just like like when you smell something and the sense memory takes you back it's a different sense memory and also sorry i just thought of something and so i feel like i should say it (laughs) but also on the life of brian episode which is the one that i named as my favorite episode there's a scene in the beginning when Rayanne and uh, Ricky and Angela are in the library, and Rayanne, uh, Kurt Cobain had just died. I mean, in real life, mm-hmm. and they addressed it on the show because there was like a copy of the Rolling Stone magazine that was like a tribute to his life or whatever. And Rayanne like looks at the magazine, and they show a picture of Kurt on the front, and she's like, "Oh, I can't even look at him anymore." You know, like she's sad. Oh yeah, I remember that or whatever. So I really love that too. But that's what I mean, though. This is like a t- this show is literally a time capsule to 1994, like. Yeah. It just bottled I like it that up, part of it. You know? Yeah. Okay, Gerald, who do you want to marry, bang, and kill from my so-called life? All right, look, I'm just going to say it because it's going to get weird. Everybody's underage, okay? It's weird, all right? Not everybody, but- well, on the show. The people that, yes. <laughs> but, I mean, I can't- But they're not now, so it makes it okay. Do I do it? Okay, but this is the 1994 Gerald giving you the answers, I guess. <laughs> Okay. Does that help or not? does it make it worse? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's going to call you creepy right. for this. It's fine. Yeah, I'm right. asking for yeah, it. Yeah, right. I can't wait. Uh, not for well, this, for other shit. Okay, all right. Well, I'm going to marry Ricky because, like we already said, he's the best oh my character. God, I'm marrying Ricky. Yeah, he's the best. I mean, you know, going to the theater together, hanging out. To, I mean, he's the best. I mean, there's no, like you already said, there's no other character on the show that I would want to spend a long period of time with other than Ricky. Mm-hmm. As far as banging, uh, and I'm going purely on surface level attraction looks for me and my personal preference it would be sharon jersky okay she was hot i mean and she got yeah. named as the best boobs in school or whatever so yeah she did and uh she was hot there was a couple episodes where she had the like thigh high leggings on and the whole she had the whole thing working right she took care wow, of herself you know what i mean and then kill i mean i gotta kill patty i mean she's such yes. a she's such a see you next tuesday as you said so she I is just, she i sucks. just i just hated that character like she was the only, really the only one character that I just hated the entire series. And I feel like we spent, like, after Angela, I feel like we spent the most amount of screen time with Patty. So, like, ugh. Yeah. No. I did read that they initially cast Alicia Silverstone for this. and I read that, too. And they went with Claire Danes, but in doing so, Claire Danes actually was 15. I guess Alicia Silverstone was older at the time, so she would have been mm-hmm. able to film later and stuff like that. Like, it would have been less restrictions on her, you know, acting and stuff. But because Claire Danes was 15, 
they rewrote the show to have like a 50 50 split between the kids and the parental story so that's why that's we got right. that's why we got so much more patty and graham than i guess we would have initially gotten so just a little something well, i read at least that makes sense yeah okay so i'm going to also marry ricky and even if it's like for nothing else, when he was staying at the chases, he was like doing dishes and cooking and like helping out and contributing. That wins a lot of points with me. Yep. So like, yay, Ricky. Can't blame Obviously, you. bang Jordan Catalano. That's... No. Okay. I was going to say Graham. <laughs> Looks wise, you can't really compare Graham and Jordan. Yeah. So Jordan. All right. And then I am going to go on a murder spree and kill Patty, Brian, and Ram. Don't do that to Brian. Brian's a sweet kid, all right? He's, you know, doing astronomy homework and, you know. Brian's going to be one of those guys <laughs> that fucking gets rich off of something smart and then yeah. every girl he ever dates, he's going to be a dick to because nobody wanted to fuck him in high school. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. I don't want to hang out with him. He's a dick. I hear that. All right, Gerald, do you, I know you're getting ready to take a little break from podcasting, but do you want to plug your YouTube channel or something? Yeah, I'm going to try to release videos when I can. So absolutely. Um, and the podcast itself will be there as well. So they can just go to youtube.com slash two peas on a podcast and hopefully subscribe and check out some of the videos. But I'm just doing stuff over there that's adjacent to the podcast, like movie reviews and reactions and predictions and that kind of thing so i'm having fun doing that video editing and trying to create some content over there so hopefully people will head over and check me out i will give you props for your editing because some of the shit that you're doing i have no idea how to do so <laughs> if i well, don't know how to you. do it and you know how to do it that makes you smarter than me so good for you no but thank you in very that much. regard not in all of them Anyhow, um, okay, so next month for Rabbit Ears, my friend Nick is going to take a break from Minecraft and come over, and we're mm. going to talk about uh, HBO's Little Big Lies, which is fucking awesome. It's Did only two canceled? seasons. It yes. got canceled? It's You're done. shitting me. No, it's over. I'm learning that as we're sitting here. Really? Well, it's got this fucking megastar cast, and I'm sure like it's something mm. where they all had other commitments they had to do they can't just like stay on like it's like reese witherspoon fucking nicole kidman laura Dern. Yeah, like that's these a bitches fucking... all have actual careers that they need to that they're yeah. doing as an addition to the tv show shalane woodley yeah that's um that's tough i love that show i was actually just thinking about that show tonight because on my way home from work on my spotify the theme song came on like on i was listening to like indie rock or whatever and it came on i'm like where the hell what the hell is this and then about halfway through the song, I was like, oh, this is a song from Little, a Little Big Lies. So, or Big Little, Little Lies. Little Big Lies is the jam. I think it's less than 10 episodes per season. So it's really easy to binge watch if you haven't seen it and you would like to watch it before next next month's episode listeners i highly encourage it um well you might want to yeah. you might want to get on nick uh because i'm waiting for him to come on my show <laughs> record something with me still so it's been months in the making and he didn't even get a surgery actually so i know yeah i know <laughs> i'm just giving nick shit but yeah no you're allowed Every, all the shit they give you you can dish out a little back gerald yeah there you go if they can't take it then they're a bunch of hypocrites that's right suck it bitches I said what I, I said. Break. I don't deserve shit from him. Oh, here we go. Did you hear that? Dan's back, guys. Guess who's back? <laughs> Anyhow. All right, rabbit e rabbit ears. That's me. All right, couch potatoes. We will, uh, I guess, catch you on the flippity flop. Gerald, enjoy your break from uh, the wonderful world. Oh, my God. Tongue twister. I was doing so well this whole time. The wonderful world of podcasting will miss you on your break, but it'll be good for you to come back 
and not be burned out from doing a million things all the time. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. This was great. I'm sorry you didn't like the show more, but I love my so-called life. So I'm so glad I got to rewatch it and talk about it with you. <laughs> That's what Paul said about Flight of the Concords. <laughs> He's oh, like, I'm didn't... sorry you didn't like it. Then he asked Ugh. me when we weren't recording, he's like, this wasn't the worst show that you've had to watch for the show, is it? And I was like, no, my so-called life, I can't wait to rip into Gerald. Great. Well, hey, at least I have something. <laughs> at least I have something. It, nothing will ever compare to Lost because I feel like that was such a shock for Justin and Nick for me to fucking, yeah. especially in an early episode, just fucking roast their favorite show. Yeah. But that's fine. All right. That's it for us, kiddos. Deuces. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me.